Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. Gas prices are at historic levels, and I can't think of anyone better uh, to talk to about this than Patrick DeHaan, who is with GasBuddy.com. You can find him all over the media, including Fox News, trying to get the latest information about gas prices. Patrick, how are you? Good, Tony. It's uh, good to be with you under such uh, trying circumstances. <laughs> well, it, it, it's crazy here. Gas prices at the cheapest places here in Michigan. And, and we're talking the second week uh, in June are a little bit above $5. I know you're in Chicago. What are you paying over there? Uh, you don't want to know. I think I uh, took a stroll to a station a week and a half ago and it was at 644. The same station now is about six. 79 a gallon uh, oh my with, uh, premium and some stations over $7. That is just crazy. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, what are the numbers that you're seeing now? Tell us about it. Well, as you pointed out, Michigan's average is over that $5 gallon mark by a long shot. 521 is now the statewide average in Michigan. That's up almost 85 cents a gallon from just a month ago. Price is up about 60 cents a gallon in the last week. It's been fast and furious. The price of oil is up. A lot of this coming as gasoline supply in the Midwest is now at its lowest seasonal level on record. Those records go back to 1990. So it's been a long time, 32 years since we've seen gasoline inventories this tight. And that's really behind the boost that we've been seeing across much of the Great Lakes. All right, uh Tell me, what's the national average? What are you seeing there? We are closing in on the $5 a gallon mark. We're currently at about $4.94 a gallon. We'll probably head close to that $5 a gallon mark here in the next week or so. Who's got the highest prices that you've seen? Oh, without a doubt, the West Coast, California is king when it comes to the highest prices. The average gallon of gasoline, California now $6.35. Although right now, today... And Mendocino, California station selling at nine sixty three a gallon. I recently read where there are some gas stations out in California, Patrick, that are changing uh, their pumps as well as the sign that posts their prices so that they could go to ten dollars or more if they have to. Yeah, you know, I saw a story like that out of Washington State at a pump that sold racing gas. Of course, that racing gas tends to be five dollars a gallon more than regular. Mm-hmm. Uh, That was the only uh, spot that I had seen it, although, you know, with some of the stations on the cusp of $10, it wouldn't really surprise me uh, that that you'd see stations trying to accommodate for a higher price. All right, Patrick, uh, the the uh, the president, President Biden had mentioned he was going to release some strategic uh, uh, storage gas that we had that we use in case of an emergency. How much was it and how much of an effect does that have on gas prices? Well, as you mentioned, the president announced releasing a million barrels a day for six months or a total of 180 million barrels. It hasn't done much. And part of the reason is that over the same time frame, Russia would have been producing 1.08 billion barrels uh, so over a billion barrels, sorry, 1.8 billion barrels compared to 180 million. It's a drop in the bucket. So the SPR release hasn't pushed prices down, but it may be preventing prices from going up more substantially. 
All right, let's talk about how we got here, Patrick. Let's go back to before the pandemic when we saw gas prices here in Michigan. I, I, I believe it was around 225, 230. Let's go back to that time before the pandemic hit to where we are now. Tell the story of petroleum prices. Well, as you mentioned, back in 2018 and 2019, kind of at the same time of year, prices were about 280, 290. Uh, we didn't hit $3, but prices were in the mid and upper twos. Of course, during the pandemic, then they plummeted. But Tony, things were humming along in 2018 and 2019. Uh, but then the pandemic kind of upended everything, uh, causing prices to plummet as Americans stayed a home or closer to home. Few people were filling their tanks on a regular basis which caused prices to collapse, demand collapsed, oil companies had no choice but to shut down. Uh, they shut down a lot of capacity. They let tens of thousands of workers go. The same thing happened at refineries. Nobody wanted jet fuel, diesel, or gasoline. So some refineries shut down. All the other refineries greatly scaled back. They trimmed out how much oil they were refining. Well, and then 2020 kind of came and went and 2021 came and vaccines showed up and the economy started to reopen. Americans started uh, getting back out on the roads in 2021. The glut of crude oil that had formed was quickly digested by very thirsty uh, economies. Uh, and that kind of segued into the second half of 2021. Demand continued to recover. OPEC only started increasing production again back in July of 2021. So not even a year ago, OPEC started increasing production, by, but by then it was too late. Demand had outpaced supply and supply would never catch up. It still hasn't caught up. And that's why we continue to be in a position where prices have gone up because the imbalance between supply and demand has widened, made worse by the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the fact that refining capacity is not as, what, not as high as what it was prior to COVID. U.S. refining capacity down a million barrels a day. So take all of that, and it's been impossible for refineries to keep up with demand, and that's why we have prices that are sky high. Uh, so it's what been a long story. You're listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Your hibernation is over. The fairways have been cut. The greens have been rolled. Are you ready for some golf? We sure are with 81 holes of spectacular championship golf just waiting for you at Treetops. Book now and for a limited time, enjoy an overnight stay and unlimited golf starting at just $129 per person. Then top off your day with a relaxing massage in our spa, followed by a succulent steak and choice of over 80 craft beers in our sports bar. Call 888-TREETOPS. Visit treetops.com. Treetops, Michigan's most spectacular resort. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking to gas expert Patrick DeHaan from GasBuddy.com. 2021 came and vaccines showed up and the economy started to reopen. Americans started uh, getting back out on the roads in 2021. The glut of crude oil that had formed was quickly digested by very thirsty uh, economies. Uh, and that kind of segued into the second half of 2021. Demand continued to recover. OPEC only started increasing production again back in July of 2021. So not even a year ago, OPEC started increasing production, by, but by then it was too late. 
demand had outpaced supply and supply would never catch up. It still hasn't caught up. And that's why we continue to be in a position where prices have gone up because the imbalance between supply and demand has widened, made worse by the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the fact that refining capacity is not as, what, not as high as what it was prior to COVID. U.S. refining capacity down a million barrels a day. So take all of that. And it's been impossible for refineries to keep up with demand. And that's why we have prices that are sky high. Uh, so it's what been a long story. What caused uh, the uh, what caused the U.S. to stop producing as much and to lay off all those workers? What were the main uh, the main targets? And I'm setting you up here, Patrick, because we've heard a lot of different things. We've heard as soon as Biden stepped into office that uh, he shut down uh, a pipeline and and did some other things. We've heard that. Uh, it's all because of the Putin uh, uh, war. Give us the real deal. Well, as soon as COVID hit, President Trump asked OPEC to cut production. In fact, he basically went to the Saudis and said, if you don't cut production, we're going to cut military support. Um, President Trump cut production. Why, why, why did he do that, Patrick? Well, why to did stop he do the that? bleeding. To stop the okay. bleeding. The oil sector needed to, to establish a price on the floor of they need to establish a floor on the price of oil, right? U.S. oil producers are going broke left and right. The only way to rein that in is if President Trump told OPEC to stop producing oil. That's what How they did. How do we did. get there? Why, why were they overproducing, Patrick? Well, they weren't overproducing. They were producing. But the pandemic hit and people stopped driving. So very quickly, all of that oil they were producing for a normal situation was not being bought. So the glut of crude oil formed, the price of oil went to negative 38, as you remember. President mm -hmm. Trump issued, basically issued the ultimatum and said to OPEC, stop overproducing. And they did that. And U.S. oil producers basically stopped going broke as a result. The price of oil jumped back up. And that basically allowed the industry to, you know, to not fully die. Uh, but that's part of the reason. Now, oil production is back up. It's up a million barrels compared to one year ago. We continue to see recovery. But without COVID, we wouldn't have seen this massive shift one way and then for things to come roaring back. All right. So here we are where we are. How long would it take if we ramped up production uh, to pre-COVID levels? How long would it take for us to, to see any benefit from that? A long time, especially considering Russia's producing while, uh, again, Russia's oil is being fenced off by Western countries, including the U.S. The U.S., even if it gets back to pre-COVID levels, um, you know, 13 million barrels a day, we still have 9 million barrels a day then after that to offset Russia's production. There's really no way we're going to do it. It's, uh, you know, it's like building a 500-story skyscraper. It's going to take five years to have that happen. It's going to take a long time for U.S. oil producers to even get to that point. And that's where the president comes into play. President Biden obviously has not wanted the oil sector to grow. So without a president in the White House that would support that move, why would oil companies sink money into the ground if it's not going to be a good investment? Patrick, you've all, all also mentioned the last time we talked how it's been a long time since we had any new refineries built. Yeah, and we're not going to start anytime soon. Not only, you know, political red tape, but no, no oil company wants to invest in a refinery that may not be around in 20 years or 30 years, especially with the president pushing us to EVs. So 
why would you do it? Uh, that would be kind of like um, investing in, you know, one of these uh, marketing scams or something like that. Oil companies don't want to invest if they don't have any certainty on how long they're going to be able to sell products like gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Um, Patrick, we constantly hear politicians talking about, well, let's be self-sufficient. Let's ramp up. They have the rhetoric that we could do this in a short period of time. And, and what you're saying, it would take up to five years before we would see any results from that. Uh, you know, and, and, and Tony here in the last minute I have with you, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't happen quickly. Uh, you could, you could shower the oil sector with permits, but they need people to drill the wells. They need machinery. And with all the supply chain issues, it's just not going to happen overnight. Uh, okay. There's just no way it's, it, you know, it takes time. So there's no flip of the switch. There's no magic bullet. It's going to take time. And then final question for you, Patrick, in regards to getting oil from Venezuela or other places, you've talked a little bit about how their oil production methods, as well as their petroleum, is not nearly as clean as what we produce here. Well, certainly not. They don't have the environmental standards, so it probably never will be. Uh, you look at uh, you look at their economy. You look at how the oil sector down there. It's all it's all corruption. So never will it be as efficient as the U.S. We've been talking with Patrick DeHaan from GasBuddy.com. Patrick, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Johnny. You're listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.